0: Good morning, this is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. With more hot weather expected across the state today, California's power grid operator has called for a second day of energy conservation. The flex alert is set for 6 to 9 p.m. During those hours, Californians are asked to set their thermostat to 78 degrees or higher and to not use large appliances. Despite record-breaking heat in several areas of the state yesterday, power officials didn't need to implement rolling blackouts like they did during an extended heat wave last summer the board that oversees california's workplace safety agency cal osha has voted on new rules around wearing masks in the workplace the california reports alex hall has more
2: the board voted five to one to adopt the revised standards after weeks of back and forth over what covid restrictions californians should follow while at work and days after requirements to wear masks in most settings have already been dropped Under the rules, vaccinated employees don't have to wear masks while at work. And they aren't required to quarantine if they've been exposed to COVID. Outdoors, employees don't have to wear masks either, vaccinated or not. And social distancing in the workplace is essentially over, unless there's an outbreak. Of course, employers can still mandate masks be worn on the job, and workers can still wear them if they want to. For the California Report, I'm Alex Hall.
0: Shortly after that workplace vote, Governor Newsom signed an executive order enabling the rules to take effect without the normal 10-day review period. And in a statement, CalOSHA says the rules would go into effect immediately. Starting next month, unemployed Californians will need to show that they're actively looking for work to stay eligible for unemployment benefits. The California Report's Mary Franklin Harvin has the details.
3: The state's Employment Development Department suspended the work search requirement in March of 2020 because of the unprecedented challenges of the pandemic. But now, EDD says, starting July 11th, most Californians who want to maintain their eligibility for benefits should be actively looking for work. This means to keep getting benefits, applicants need to answer yes on the biweekly certification question asking if they are looking for work. Or, as one Twitter user succinctly put it, Just put yes for number three, and that's it. EDD says a person who answers no will be asked follow-up questions and may be scheduled for an interview to determine benefit eligibility for the time period in question. The agency linked this update in its policies to the state's reopening. For the California Report, I'm Mary Franklin Harvin.
0: EDD says expectations may vary depending on what kind of claim you have, so the agency will be sending notices to inform applicants what this will mean for them.
2: Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of The California Report magazine. Every week we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world.
4: I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California
2: Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Deveta from Throughline.
0: turning out immigration. Exiled for 11 years, a deported U.S. Army veteran who was born in Mexico is back home in California today. In San Diego, KPBS reporter Max Rivlin-Nadler explains.
1: The 77-year-old Army veteran had lived in the United States for more than 50 years before he was deported for a nonviolent drug offense. Andrew DeLeon had petitioned for years to enter the United States, to no avail, despite strong support from California lawmakers. He re-entered the country thanks to a recent agreement between the American Civil Liberties Union and the Biden administration, which allows for some people in Mexico who are particularly vulnerable to come to the United States. Immigration attorney Ian Cirullo helped De Leon get his application to the federal government.
4: You know, having him live here in, in, in Tijuana, away from uh, most members of his family, and, uh, you know, it's just, uh, again, very unfortunate and sad to even imagine the situation of, of Andy.
1: De Leon was happy for the support he received from fellow deported veterans, who accompanied him to the border.
4: Well, I'm glad they were all here, backing
1: me up, and uh, I wish them all life, they can get a question. A little after 3 p.m. Thursday, his name was called, and he walked into the United States. De Leon plans to live with family in Santa Maria, California. He has health problems, so he hopes to be able to get some of his Army benefits back. His goal has always been to return in any way to the country he served. For the California Report, I'm Max Rivlin-Adler at the U.S.-Mexico border.
0: A Bay Area man who served as an inmate firefighter while in state prison completed his sentence and was released this week only to be transferred to federal immigration authorities. Tommy Pham was brought to the U.S. as a refugee from Vietnam when he was a baby. The Asian Law Caucus is working on his case and calling on Governor Newsom to stop all transfers of incarcerated refugees and immigrants to ICE in the future. Anu Prasad is a senior staff attorney at the caucus.
4: ICE is also not required to arrest and detain everyone. Their current policy states that they're supposed to detain people only if they find that they pose a current danger to public safety.
0: Fahm was one of the frontline responders in the 2018 campfire, along with two previously incarcerated refugees who were parted by Newsom last month. Across California, young women in the Latinx and Catholic communities often celebrate their 15th birthdays with quinceaneras, which is a religious ceremony and a party. Valley Public Radio's Mari Bolaños brings us the story of a young woman from Kings County who finally got to celebrate recently after postponing her quinceanera for more than a year because of the pandemic.
2: Edmila Navarro had been anxiously awaiting her big day. She already had her dress picked out, and her little sisters loved it. Her sisters sit at the edge of the bed in their apartment in the tiny community of Kettleman City, watching Admila pull the dress out of its wrapping. The top is embroidered with gold sequins, and the bottom is filled with layers and layers of tulle. Ermila's mom and older sister didn't have quinceañeras, so she says they were looking forward to celebrating this milestone with her.
5: Because it was going to be not not just like my day, it was going to be their day too.
2: It was also going to be a special day for her grandmother, Maria Navarro. To have a quinceañera is a total dream for little girls. From a young age, they'll say, I want to have a quinceañera, and it's our responsibility to complete that dream. In Latino culture, a quinceañera symbolizes a girl's transition into womanhood. The celebration, originated in Mexico, involves a religious ceremony where the young woman promises to model herself after the Virgin Mary. After that, the family throws a party. It's a tradition that we bring here for those who want it, because you only turn 15 once. Hermilas Quinceañera was set for early May 2020. But then, the pandemic hit. Her family changed the date of the party three times. Then, her 14-year-old brother, her mom, and her grandmother all contracted COVID-19. But by spring, when everyone was healthy again and vaccinations were more widespread, Ermila's family decided to set the new date for her 16th birthday. On a recent afternoon, Ermila goes door to door along with her two younger sisters, mom and grandmother, to nearly every home in the community of 1,100 people to drop off invitations. Ah, oh, yeah! Yes, Like Yes! said,
5: Saturday, okay? Okay, thank you. Uh huh, bye! bye.
2: The front of the invitation reads Sweet Sixteen, but following quinceañera tradition, the back lists the people, known as the Madrinas and Padrinos, or godparents, that help contribute to the upcoming party. She reads the list aloud.
4: Padrinos for the Iglesia was y Felipe Narvaz. Bible and Rosary
2: Judas Dominguez, dress Nevea and Felipe, crown Maria Rios. Edmila finally had her party in May, and the DJ still played a classic quinceanera song, Tiempo de Vals, by Cheyenne. The pandemic may have postponed her quinceanera for a year, but she says she was grateful to finally celebrate the day with her sisters, mom, and grandmother. For the California Report, I'm Mari Bolaños in Fresno.
0: yesterday president biden signed a bill into law making june 19th or juneteenth a national holiday to commemorate the end of slavery during the civil war across the state many black californians were elated at the news but felt more needs to be done they included veteran la social justice activist naji ali who spoke to the california report this is just the first step i believe in other federal legislation being implemented such as the George Floyd policing bill that Congresswoman Karen Bass has authored and it's already passed the House. Uh, We also have the anti-lynching bill that's uh, currently in Congress, uh, as well as the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. So there's other legislation we hope to build upon this now that President Biden has announced that he's signing the Juneteenth bill into federal law. The recognition of Juneteenth as a holiday could likely deepen the public's interest in subjects related to racial justice and Black contributions to American history and culture. I talked about that with James Fugate. He's the co-owner of Essawan Books in Los Angeles, one of the best-known Black-owned bookstores in the country. Fugate says interest and sales of books about the Black experience started booming last year in the wake of protests about social and racial justice
4: well the last year was transformative for us and I think you know it it caused people to have a real re-examination of race and some wanting to read about it and wanting to read about it and somebody said go to don't go to Amazon but support black bookstores and people really supported um, stores all over the country so
0: whether they've been regular customers who've been coming in or a lot of new customers Generally speaking, what have they been interested in? What have they been looking for? What have they asked you about for in terms of reading advice?
4: Well, you know, we're right in front of um, James Baldwin right here. The James
0: Baldwin section, uh, you mean?
4: Oh, yeah, some of the overstock. The Fire Next Time was incredibly big seller. All of the Toni Morrison um, did very, very well. Um, but there were there were several very popular books last year. How to be an anti-racist, um, White Fragility, Cast by Isabel Wilkerson, her new book on race. And it sounds like people
0: are, are interested and have been interested in really serious. Non-fiction, and serious uh, fiction.
4: Yes, yes I mean,
0: n- not escapist fare.
4: Not you know, not so much the escapist fare, um, but definitely um, serious fiction. I mean, Toni Morrison, we were, we just couldn't keep it in in stock. Um, do you think with Juneteenth now becoming
0: a national holiday, that inevitably will also lead to more people coming through your door? And- I,
4: I certainly hope so. And th- and this is literature that everyone should be reading. Um, it's not just for black people, it's for all, it's American history. I mean, the, the, I mean, we're all a part of this. And finally,
0: um, you know, summer is here, people are looking for things to read. Do you have a title or two that you could suggest?
4: <sighs> well, one book that I would definitely suggest, this book called The Dead Are Rising on the Life of Malcolm X. It won the Pulitzer Prize a few days ago. It won, the, I think, the National Book Award, and that's just an amazing honor for a man who was so disliked when he was alive, and that, you know, now the publishing and the national community are recognizing Malcolm X. Um, and then there's one called The Death of Opal and Nev, and that book is so good, and it's so much fun. It's about black punk rockers. <laughs> um and, you know, but to read and to hear, okay, there was more than just one or two people, that people loved all types of music. It's, it's, it's what I say, it makes us all Americans. Thing. And here's a book that really embraces that spirit. And so those two books are great.
0: All right. Well, James Shugate of S1 Books in Los Angeles' Lomart Park neighborhood, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for coming by. And that is the California Report for Friday, June 18th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin and Danny Bringer with assistance from Seal Muller. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and have a great weekend.
4: Support for the California Report comes from Hint fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits, stanfordhealthcare.org adaptingcare, and Eric and Wendy Schmidt, through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Hey, it's Avery
5: Truffelman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've gotta say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just